Hey there, MuggleCast listeners. I am back to inform you of some excellent news. GoDaddy.com is having better deals than ever. For only $3.59 a month for 12 months, you can get GoDaddy.com's economy package. With 250 gigs of bandwidth, 5 gigs of storage, and up to 500 email accounts, you can get your own website up and running with success. And as usual, enter code MUGGLE, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out. Save an additional 10% on any order. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Because Jamie is back on the show this week. Enough said. This is MuggleCast episode 94 for June 12, 2007. Alright, last week we had three co-hosts. Now we have a pretty big show. Jamie's finally back. Yep. It's finally about back. time. Hold on a sec. Where was, who was the three last week? Who were the three? It was me, Laura, and Micah. Don't you listen to the show? Yeah, that? Ben, don't you? Come on. Oh, of course. I, I'm just kidding. I was just clarifying for the fans, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ben's also back. Not that anyone cares at this point anymore, but Ben is back. And <laughs> that hurts, I Andrew. I care. I'm sorry. This is just a whole big group. Jamie, um, I got an email this week. Yes. Uh, not everyone's so happy about your return. Oh, no. Um, it says, Jamie on show next week. That's the subject line. And it says, I don't think Jamie should be on the show next week. I've been doing it without him. Andrew, if you ever leave the show for a month, I'd probably cry. See, I'm crying just thinking about it. You're always my favorite. Is this person happy to be from Medford, New Jersey? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. Who's it from? Who's it from? It's from Sarah. Yeah, it's from who's, Sarah. who's what? It's from the where? same thing. It's just from Sarah. Well, Sarah, if... If you're too scared to even put your name and uh, and you know where you're from, then I couldn't even begin to respond to such a sort of anonymous threat. I mean, <laughs> I only respond to people who are who are you know clever enough and brave enough to put their uh, credentials down. So if you ever feel like actually you know providing an adequate response, you know, email me Jamie at stuff.mugglelet.com. Or if you're too scared to do that, you could email Andrew and talk about me behind my back for free. Thanks, Sarah. Actually, she said in the PS she was just kidding. Oh, did she? Yeah. Sarah, <laughs> I hate people. Who, I hate people who put their credentials down. I just like anonymous, cool responses from people called Sarah. It's a beautiful name. Of that. I bet you're a beautiful girl. Beautiful name for a beautiful girl. I like your email address as well. So uh, if you ever feel like you know, I can't think of anything to say. Keep digging. Really anyway, yeah, that PS was real. Oh, this is such a joke. This is. A, <laughs> I, I'd like to. I, I'd like to make it known for the record that. Um, this was a massive elephant trap. I've just been put right into this. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, J- Jamie's back yeah. in the United States, and uh, we have know, him here in the, the studio way. this week. Uh, yeah, here in, here in the, the studio. studio. <laughs> studio this, this is uh, the only way we could get him back on the show. Unfortunately, yeah, this is what has become. But anyway, uh, we got a big show for everybody this week. Lots of co-hosts and lots of stuff to discuss. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Ben Shane. I'm Jamie Lawrence. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Laura Thompson. And I'm Mike Tannenbaum.
Micah Tannenbaum is in the MuggleCast News Center with past week's top Harry Potter news stories. Hey, Micah. All right, thanks, Andrew. Of course, the big news this week, Scholastic has released the cover art for the deluxe edition of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows here in the U.S. David Saylor, Vice President, Creative Director for Scholastic, described the art saying, Set during a highly dramatic sunset, Harry, Hermione, and Ron close in tatters, cling atop a flying dragon in this astonishing artwork created by Mary Grand Prix for the deluxe edition. As mist creeps down towering hillsides to a village below, questions arise about where the trio is headed and what has led them to this spellbinding moment. The book will contain 816 pages compared to 784 pages in the regular edition and will cost $65. 100,000 copies are being printed. Speaking of Mary Grand Prix, the American Harry Potter illustrator recently spoke in an interview about her coveted job and a little about the Deathly Hallows cover. On whether people pester her for inside info on the books, Mary says, not really so much. I think people just know that I can't talk about it. She says the cover of Book 7 is probably her favorite and thinks it's fun to see the reaction from people. The fans that are really diehard fans look very closely at the artwork. I try to make everything have a meaning, she says. There's a reason why something is in the illustration. I don't just put it in because it looks better. It really does have to have a meaning or part of the story has to support it. And in a new interview, Harry Potter movie director David Heyman discussed how he can't wait for the release of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. On his life post-Potter, he says, It's a combination of sadness and excitement, I think, for Joe and for all of us. This world has become a huge part of millions and millions of people's lives. We all love it so much, and I think afterward, there will be a little hole in our lives for a while. But not everyone is crazy for the release of the seventh book. A new article examines how some major retail chains have implemented huge discounts for the last Harry Potter book, causing them to earn minimal profit. According to the article, they are literally not going to make one penny out of the book. It is stupid, just throwing money away. The world has gone mad. From book to movie news, Electronic Arts and Warner Brothers Digital Distribution have announced a Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix video game specially designed for mobile phones. The game is being developed at EA Mobile's UK studio and is expected to be available from UK cell providers beginning on June 15th. The game won't be available in the US, however, until June 26th. And from July 6th through July 8th, ABC will air the first three Harry Potter films and feature never-before-seen clips from the Order of the Phoenix film. Sorcerer's Stone will air at 7.30pm on the 6th, Chamber of Secrets at 7pm on the 7th, and Prisoner of Azkaban at 5pm the following day. Finally, MTV has released an article covering all aspects of the growing music genre in the Harry Potter fandom known as Wizard Rock. The article mentioned well-known bands such as Harry and the Potters and Draco and the Malfoys. It goes on to say that Wizard Rock has become its own genre. That's all the news for this June 11th, 2007 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. All right, thank you, Micah. No problem, Andrew. Okay, so the big news this week, thankfully, because we didn't have a main discussion, was the uh, deluxe United States cover art came out today, Friday. All this, all the show will be out later in the week, um, and uh, we will be talking about that in a minute. But first, uh, we wanted to get everyone else's reactions to the theme park, specifically Jamie. Ben and Eric. Jamie, what what are your thoughts on this new theme park? As someone who lives in England, will you be going to the theme park? Well, it's in America, isn't it? Right. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> yeah. I probably won't be making a special trip out, out, out there to go to it, but um, I think it's a cool idea, but it's it's quite a big thing just f- for um, Harry Potter, you know. I mean, I, 
wouldn't ever see a Star Wars, um, you know, theme park, but I'm sure there has been one, and someone's going to email in and say that there's a big there's, famous there's one. There's been in rides. In, yeah, but there's been rides, but there's a huge difference between doing a, right. an entire theme park based on Harry Potter and one based on, you know, one ride. And after Harry Potter dies in uh, five years, and I'm sorry to everyone, but, but it, it is going to, you know, eventually, and they have this $400 million theme park. Uh, well, what are they going to do with it? Yeah. Oh, do you I think, don't think that's an issue. Do you think most foreigners would be interested in coming over to Universal Studios? I'm sure. So I'm sure there'd be some like crazy wild fans who would do it. I think some will, yeah, because I mean, some people go over to see Equus in London for a special trip. Not that you're a crazy wild fan if you do that, because the American fans are a little awesome, crazier. But, uh, that's a really good I'm, point, Jamie. Eric, you traveled to New Zealand, so I mean, you know, I'm sure you'll be going to the theme park. But uh, is it worth a special trip? I mean, it's going to be awesome, and you know, but how sort of canon is it going to be? Are we going to go there and see all the stuff from the books, or or do they have a huge creative license about it? Whether well, it's going to—that's that's actually the, the the real question, Jamie. And 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 you snagged it right in the head. Is that uh, you know how canon is it going to be? Is there going to be like? Seamus's slippery slide, or or you know you know things that actually you know you know are there actually going to be <laughs> a ride you know a big big uh, roller coaster called Lord Voldemort you know are they going to do that kind of stuff or is it going to be kind of cheesy like um, I mean they're doing I, they're I doing think whole- I think they're going to have to in order to make it more attractable they're going to have to have rides like Lord Voldemort's scary roller coaster. I mean, that's an excellent name for it. I'm sure that's what they're going to use. I would travel the world to go on that, I tell you. I'm actually, guys, I just built a... I just recently built a Harry Potter theme park in Roller Coaster Tycoon, because I still play Roller Coaster Tycoon. I love that game. I love that game. It's the best game ever. Shout out to that. And Chris Sawyer, the creator. But, um, so I came up with a few ride listings for last week's show. I ended up up not being on it. I have a a whole list of rides I was thinking about. But, um, Mm -hmm. uh... Basically, there's a lot of names and there's a lot of cool things they could do for the books. They could have a big uh, roller coaster called um, Expelliarmus or something, you know, just something like that. And that's the kind of stuff I would like to see. But um, being as they're doing Hogsmeade, and I guess you guys discussed this last week, um, you you know, what do you think they'll actually be? Do you think there'll be a sweet shop that they'll call Honeydukes, and and you know, you'll be able to? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that would be the, the best play on the actual series. So I think yeah. the, it's actually going to be like that. Laura, Mike, and I were talking about the the conceptual art for this park, and by the looks of it, there weren't many rides in the form of like a roller coaster. There weren't. Gonna, it didn't look like there was going to be many big rides. Which so is getting upsetting. back to what. Yeah, well, I, think yeah, wait, I mean, I, response. It, well, who's it going to be aimed at? Are they, it's obviously a family thing because it's already down there in Florida. So, yeah, well, right. so is Vegas. <laughs> yeah, Vegas is a family destination too. No, no, no okay, not, not the same. Not no. the same. Well, you take your four-year-old son to go and go on. Well, no, no, but Vegas is seriously the the family number one family destination in the world. That's what they're trying to be. There, that was their image for years. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm yeah. Saying, I thought it was just drunken gamblers. Uh, well, it is. It but, is. And us. <laughs> and, and us. But uh, yeah. Um, um. Any other thoughts about it? And I guess it's, it's cool, but it's just it's one of those huge projects which you think they've obviously done loads of research into it, and people are obviously going to want it because you can't spend you know three hundred million if people don't want to go. So. People, you know, there's obviously going to be huge demand for it, and people will go because it is a very novel idea. It's just, you know, it's going to be successful because it has to be, or you can't, you know, build something like that. Also, but, guys, uh, remember, J.K. Rowling has been in talks with them since the beginning. 
like for years now. Right. That's what the news yeah, post so said. Yeah, so it's it's going to be very real to the books. I think we definitely know that. Just the question is, what kind of rides are, is there going to be at this point? Yeah. Well, didn't one of the and, papers report that they were keeping some of the rides from what's currently there right now, and that they were going to try and change them over to be Harry Potter? Yeah, that themed. upsets yeah. me too. They're just going to take yeah. some old roller coasters and try and rename them like. Uh, well, if they can yeah, get away with that, if they can do Space it, Mountain and call it. I mean the. Uh, apparition magician. <laughs> yeah, I'd go on that. <laughs> How does that relate? Okay, whatever. No, because you know that's like recycling old things. So you, so yeah. you take yeah. like I don't know. I think the the purpose of that would be trying to save money. I mean, because people are still going to ride it. If they took if they took Space Mountain and called it Harry Potter's Space Mountain, everyone would go on it. Every oh, Harry yeah, Potter yeah. would go on it. No, totally. Exactly, I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not exactly against that idea. I just think they should also build new rides as well. Um. Like, I mean, even if they wanted to go beyond canon and do some really cool rides, like, uh, you know how in the books, at least in the early ones, Neville is always looking for his toad, Trevor? So I was thinking, you know... Find Trevor's toad. Trevor's, yeah, Trevor's trail or something, you know, and just like, you know, you're on this ride and you're trying to find Trevor Trevor for Neville or something, you know, just like cool ideas like that. Laura, did you have an idea? Well, I was just going to say that I don't see any problem with them recycling rides. I mean, that's kind of what you have to do with these theme parks. That's what they're doing to, I mean... That's what they do to create a whole bunch of the stuff you see there. A lot of stuff that was originally part of Universal Studios has since been replaced. And they don't use all of the original parts either. They will put in new stuff, but it's mostly just to use the space. Well, still, I don't think if if you're going to do it, anything worth doing is worth doing right. And especially in in Harry Potter's case, this this park is going to be big. And they have a chance to make it really big and really cool. Not just half cool, not just almost cool. They have a really good chance to. I mean, this is going to be after book seven, after maybe even after movie seven. They're going to have nothing to, you know, not much to do. So they can really do it correct. They could do it right. I have a question. I have a question. If they had a ride called Avada Kedavra and you had a 1 in 15 chance of dying, (laughs) you went on this ride, but it was absolutely awesome. It was the biggest thrill of your life. It was amazing. Would you do it? Well, yeah, would you do it? I would. I mean, come on, you know. You, well, I would just go. <laughs> it, it, Jamie, I like I, those odds. I would go. I'd in rather groups it was ten of, to one. I would go in groups of fourteen, though. If there's a one in fifteen chance of dying, I would go in groups. If there are fourteen of you win, I mean, there'd still be a one in fifteen chance. chance of dying. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> this, no, I know. There's, there's, there's a joke. In, there's a joke in there somewhere. It's just it wasn't. You know, it wasn't the time. Th- that would be an easy way to clean up the MuggleNet staff. We just took a group <laughs> trip down there and then. All went on that ride. <laughs> All right, so moving on to a couple announcements now. Uh, don't forget to vote for us on Podcast Alley. It's sort of a new month. June's getting old, but don't forget to vote for us. We're doing pretty well, so we thank everyone who has voted. Also, a national uh, Wear Your MuggleCast t-shirt day was a great success. We have uh, close to 100 submissions uh, from t-shirt day now up on uh, MuggleCast.com in the MuggleNet galleries. So be sure to check those out over at MuggleCast.com. Let's see. It's also spread MuggleCast month. Did everyone know this? Um, no. Jamie has what, been on like, the show, so like I don't think you know. Exactly. We did. It's Global Spread MuggleCast Month. And on MuggleCast.com, there are several avatars and lots of other things you can get to uh, help promote the show. As we are getting closer to the book release, so it only makes sense to promote the show more, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so that's that. Ben, uh, people only have a week left to sign up for Pickle Pack. Oh, geez, yeah. Remember, Pickle Pack is... If you're a MuggleCast fan, you want... To join Pickle Pack. 
Um, I don't see why, though. Why? It's called Pickle Pack. So, you guys, I mean, you guys have been listening to us for, you know, however many episodes. Some people have, you know, we've gotten some new users on there who've been with us, you know, since since the late 80s, actually. So, very recent Wow, listeners. 25 but, uh, years. But, but we've got, <laughs> no, we, we've got the other, <laughs> we've got the other listeners who've been with us since, you know, episodes 40, episode, and since the very beginning, who were on Pickleback. And so, the idea is basically you hear us on the show, you hear us discussing our Harry Potter theories, and so now, if you join Pickleback, you get to hear us um, talk about more about how the show came to be. Uh, it's some bonus content, some bonus footage, maybe in between behind the scenes of MuggleCast, and also our personal lives. And we do uh, weekly video blogs that we do, and and it's kind of you know just day to day life with us. And um, it's 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 it, it gets you to know the the people. Those are NC seventeen though, so you know you need to be careful when you watch those. Yeah, yeah, but um. No, Jamie, so do you want to continue? Do you want to tell them a little bit more about the blogs or just, you know? No, I think you've uh, summed up everything. That's, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. So visit picklepack.com today and sign up. Uh, we're only taking signups until June 16th. The cost is $30 for uh, those of you in the U.S. and then $50 everywhere else to cover the additional uh, shipping costs for going international. Uh, so yep. we thank everyone for signing up. It goes to supporting the show for our summer summer endeavors and uh and the like so because we're all poor college kids so um that's that uh anyway uh, a couple weeks ago i promised that uh, my next wizard rock single would be on uh what was it episode 92 i'm gonna play it here on this week's show in preparation for prophecy 2007 which is coming up uh, august 1st to the 5th i think or i think it was the second through the fifth Second through the fifth, yeah. close enough. <laughs> yeah, That's where we're going to be there. Oldest. I forgot. Yeah. I keep getting them confused. Um, anyway, I was a little unclear about um, what the Wizard Rock event at Prophecy is going to be, and uh, Jade, the head of Prophecy 2007, emailed me and asked me to clear this up, and she just wanted me to say that, well, from their website, the Common Room Wizard Rock event is a time for Harry Potter fans to gather in the comfort of the Prophecy 2007 Common Room and listen to music inspired by Harry Potter's canon and fanon. No stage, no fancy lights, and no AV equipment, just the musicians and the fans. Scheduled throughout the conference, bands and solo acts such as Oliver Boyd and the Remember Alls, The Cruciatus Curse, Celestial Warm Bottom, and Andrew Sims Perform. I'm in the description, Jamie. How Dude, you need that? a name. Wow. You need a name. That is my name, Andrew Sims. I'm leaving it at that. I mean, you know, you thought the Harry Potters, Harry and the Potters is big? Look who's in the description. Me. Uh, seating is limited, so it's a first-come, first-served basis, and you must be a registrant of Prophecy 2007. Uh, so please email commonroom at prophecy2007.org for more details, or if you have any questions or comments, such as, uh, I'm so glad you accepted Andrew because he is so cool, and uh, he should... Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. <clears throat> At the very end of the show today uh, will be the premiere of my next Wizard Rock song. Uh, now, it was it it's a spin-off of InSync's Bye Bye Bye. I copied it. No, 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 no. It's not, it's not a copy. But I had to hire some of their backup artists, backup singers, so, and they were a little... They, they weren't really accepting of changing their background vocals into my lyrics that I needed. So there's a couple Bye 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 backing vocals in there so I mean I made it work still because they were being a little hard about that but anyway you downloaded a karaoke version didn't you yeah uh, <laughs> no I hired the NSYNC oh right vocals, yes like okay Joey Fat One and Lance Bass and 
That's awesome that you know their names. I call them Fat One. That's uh, really for tone. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, but you still... Oh, so you know them enough to even make a joke about it. That right. really, though, is... Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. I was in... I lived in, in the 90s, didn't you? Closet? No, I didn't. I was born in 86, then died for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, he skipped and the 90s. came back to life. <laughs> All right, so... um Anyway, of course, the big news this week, the deluxe cover for Book 7 came out today, Friday, and um, for the United States deluxe edition, it was big news. Arthur Levine announced it on uh, the Today Show this morning on NBC. He seems to be all over NBC's Today Show these days. He is, all this, all this new stuff. Yeah, they're really uh, buddy-buddy. Matt Lauer and uh, Arthur Levine. Hey guys, but anyway, um, sometime we need to talk about Harry being a Horcrux because I am really convinced that he is one now. Ben, speaking of that, how has the uh, tour been going? The tour has been going wonderful. We've already been to, geez, we've already had 10, or, 10 events already. And three three days ago, we were in California, we were in San Francisco. So the travel has been taking a toll on us, but I mean, it, it's just really fun. I mean, I'm really enjoying the speaking, meeting all the fans. There's pickle pack members like crazy. Every event we go to, there's at least really? one or two. So sweet. That's and awesome. every time, every time they come up to me, they say, "We mentioned me in your blickle this week," and I always forget. <laughs> so we only have we have, we have a few more. We have about two weeks left on the tour. Um, check www.mugglenet.com/booktour.shtml. You can get the link on the website. There's a scrolling ticker. You can see all the dates that we're going to be at here over the next two weeks. So come out and see us. It's a fun time. Cool. We'll talk about all kinds of crazy Harry Potter stuff. Okay, so guys, so so Micah, tell us tell us about this cover here. What what's going on with this cover? I'm questioning. There's this new cover art that's released. I like it. What do you guys think? It's nice. It's it it's very um it's very sort of Aragonish. A um, little bit. Sort of is, yeah. I don't know if I was it's a bit- Sorry, go on. Oh, no, I, I was worried. I said that first. I, I wasn't I, – I saw it in the small view, the thumb view, and I said, is that a Thestral or a dragon? Because if it's a dragon, it might as well be Aragon and not Harry. Well, but well, we, kinda, know, we know it's a dragon because it's, yeah. it's said right there in the press, press yeah. release. I actually want to read it. Uh, David Saylor, vice president, creative director of Scholastic, described the art. He's quoted as saying, set during a highly dramatic sunset, Harry, Hermione, and Ron close in tatters cling atop a flying dragon in this astonishing artwork created by Mary Grand Prix for the deluxe edition as mist creeps down towering hillsides oh to a village that- below questions arrive about where the trio is headed and what has led him to this spellbinding moment that sounds like a bad piece of fan fiction sorry <laughs> but it's like the scarlet billowing clouds of the Hogwarts it's- Express gleamed in the mouth-watering sunshine <laughs> yeah it's that was pretty, pretty good Jamie, Jamie, you should on. write fan fiction yeah you should oh no <laughs> It's uh, it's interesting how how much detail they went in to, to that just just that little description, but uh, I mean there are a couple of things we wanted to talk about. For one, we know for sure it's a dragon. Yeah. Yep. I think it it surpasses the the original cover art for the U.S. Like if I were in the U.S. at the time of the book, I would actually get the deluxe edition, wouldn't you? Yeah, I I, I would, but I mean, I. Uh, there's just something about getting the quote unquote classic book that I like. You know, having yeah. the book without the extra box, just yeah, just the book. Okay. You know, the, the I've deluxe never is for owned any collectors. of the deluxe editions, to be honest. They're but really expensive. They, and yeah. they used to be very cool when, you know, there was like only a handful made, but now the first edition stretches for like a hundred thousand copies. So it's 
you know. So everyone can get one. Really, it's and I mean, not- Half Blood Prince is the only other U.S. book that had a deluxe edition. So you can't even get a, Which whole, one? Sorry? a whole set. Half Blood Prince. Oh, because ours were all deluxe. They, right. They made deluxe editions, right. all of them. But Scholastic just came up with the idea with, in 2005, yeah. I guess. I don't, I don't but know. there comes a point when you're just paying more for the same book. Right. Which was just a pretty cover, which is all nice and all, but, you know, how often are you just going to sit there and stare at it? Well, I right. know that I remember when the Half-Blood Prince one came out, they were talking about a- additional artwork, and they had a copy of it out at Barnes & Noble on display, and I looked, and the additional artwork was all the chapter art just blown up bigger. Oh, my God. Right, that's so one thing that you just, get with it. It was yeah, just kind so of a rip, it seemed to me. That I is mean, a rip. Okay. That, I mean, it's it's nice, though, for a collector who wants to see the yeah, art true. that yeah. Mary made in full detail, if you know what well, I'm saying. Well, you just download it, but... Or you can just go to mogulnet.com uh, chapter... You could, chapter, yeah. Chapter art. Don't we have a chapter art page on Yeah, Mugglenet? yeah, well, my, my chapter art's still on there, I think. That's that yeah, you you redid it, but we also ha- include all the originals. Oh yeah, which I don't know if Scholastic wants us to or not, but well, it's a bit late anyway. now. They've been up there yeah, about yeah, five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what else do we want to talk about, guys? Um, okay, so Micah did some. Wh- Micah, was it you who did this this research here, or did you get an email that said, uh, "Hey guys, what about this?" No, I did some research. I was reading through the comments, probably like most of us were, and seeing what uh, all the fans out there had to say and you know they had a bunch of different ideas as far as where the dragon was flying over and what was going on and the one of the most interesting things I thought though is what type of dragon is this and a lot of people thought well maybe it's Norbert maybe we're going back to book one and he's all grown up and now they're using him for some type of adventure but based on the eyes that the dragon has a lot of people said that it's a dragon that's found in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And I'm going to butcher this name because I don't know how to say it correctly. Um, the Antipodian Opal Eye. And uh, do you guys want me to read the description? It's an attempt. Antipodean, I think. Antipodean? Just to be, yeah, stupid. Antipodean Opal Eye? Okay. So do you want me to read the description real fast here? Sure. What does it say in the book? It says the opal eye is native of New Zealand, though it has been known to migrate to Australia when territory becomes scarce in its native land. Unusually for a dragon, it dwells in valleys rather than mountains. It is a medium size between two and three tons. Perhaps the most beautiful type of dragon, it has iridescent pearly scales and glittering multicolored pupilless eyes. Hence its name. This dragon produces a very vivid scarlet frame, though by dragon standards it is not particularly aggressive and will rarely kill unless hungry. Its favorite food is sheep, not cow, though it has been known to attack larger prey. A spate, is that how you say that? Of kangaroo killings in the late 1970s were attributed to a male opali ousted from his homeland by a dominant female. Opali eggs are pale gray and may be mistaken for fossils by unwary muggles. So I think a lot of people determined that this was an opal eye based on the fact that the dragon in this picture doesn't have any pupils. And that is the point where I confirm that, yes, in fact, this dragon on the cover is indeed an Antipodian opal eye, and, or Antipodean opal eye, and that uh, Mary Grandpre actually called me up and wanted to borrow mine. Uh, so that she could draw it for the your Antipodean so. dragon eye. I mean, uh, yeah, what you keep one in your basement yeah. or something? Opie, Eric. yeah, I call him Opie, and uh, he's a really cool dragon. He's really beautiful. You told me and, he was called uh, Steve. 
He's, he's called Steve. Steve, my my Antipodean Opali dragon. So I was up. Uh, no, actually, seriously, guys, there's a there's an area about um, about an hour or two uh, north of here, north of Wellington, called uh, the Wairapa, and there's these tall, tall mountains and uh, a very thin valley. You guys might know it from uh, Lord of the Rings. It was um, the Dimholt. All right, so so you guys may. Yeah, yeah. So you guys might recognize it from uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, the Dimholt, which is the, the dark wood. Uh, so right around that area, which is the you know the valleys in this place, the Wairapa. And so I was just I was just driving up there together um, when I first came to New Zealand, and uh, I met I met Stevie. So he became my dragon, and I was kind of you know I visited him on weekends and stuff. But, but totally. okay, but in reality here, what significance does what type of dragon <laughs> it is hold? Well, um. Micah, do you want to continue about about specifically yeah. about um, the antipodes? I think I think the opal eye thing is kind of obvious in its name, right? Mm-hmm. Opal eye that kind of makes sense. Um, but the other thing I did was I did a little research. Um, you know, what does antipodean mean? And actually, what it says is that the antipodes of any place on the earth is the place which is diametrically opposite it. So situated that a line drawn from the one to the other passes through the center of the earth and forms a true diameter. Now, to me, if you take that and you put it into sort of a visual, you take the earth and you put a diameter through it, that somewhat represents the symbol that we saw on the spine of... Mm -hmm. That symbol symbol we've been talking about forever and ever and ever... For the past five yeah. weeks. And um, I just think that's too coincidental. Yeah. It's cool. Especially when you look no, at... um interesting. Mikey, you pointed out to me earlier this week a screen cap from uh, Goblet of Fire, which has something in the movie. I, maybe you can tell everyone where it, which point in the movie it was again. But it's in the movie, and it, it's an actual uh, sphere. Yeah. And there's something going through it, right? Yeah. Just Some- like... You were talking about, yeah. Somebody sent in a rebuttal saying if you go to the pensive scene of Goblet of Fire, right after Harry comes out of the pensive, he's talking with Dumbledore. Dumbledore goes over to one of his cabinets, and in the cabinet, uh, you can see what appears to be the exact same symbol as we see on the spine of Goblet of Fire. It's sort of this object, oh. instrument, whatever you want to call it. Which would be a real like? life version of whatever this is, right? Right. I bet it's kind of like um, um, to draw an X Men reference, Cerebro. You know, from uh, X Men, that thing. I bet he he can like see where people are on Earth. Not a kind of uh, Marauders map thing, which is you know just in Hogwarts, but I bet I bet it's something like that. So you really what think so? Or it's like a Horcrux one, detector. How would oh well, maybe a Horcrux detector? But what, what would it do? We're really whiz really fast. Both at the target. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so wait. Uh, well, if it's at all like Cerebro, how would you actually plug in? How would uh, how would Dumbledore, uh, you know, kind of kind of locate things, or or how would one use that instrument if it's just you know if it's just a triangular th- uh, object with a sphere and a line through it? Seeing uh, what are what are its applications as an object? What do you think it would actually do? This thing. Well, it could do anything. I mean, is the, the fact that it has two halves perhaps could be like a good evil reference or. Um... Or you know, or a, or, or, a, or a good side, bad side, or a Voldemort, Dumbledore, or a Gryffindor, Slytherin. That's why. Or a, a few weeks ago, someone you know. brought up that 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 split could be Snape, good good versus evil. Mm. Well, I just like this idea of the um, 
Ant- Antipodean, what? Yeah, Antipodean Obelai. Um, because it made me feel really special. Because <laughs> all of a sudden there's this New Zealand reference, and I'm thinking, oh, that's where I am, and you know where I've been hanging out. And uh, so in Harry Potter, there's this dragon that might that might be the dragon they're riding, which is originally from New Zealand, and it's my Stevie. So I'm really happy. But um, Mike, are you oh, paying research. you royalties? Yeah, yeah. Oh well, uh, can't really talk about that. Um, but so yes, yeah. But you guys, um. Micah, there's also a thing on Antipodes uh, or Antipodes about um, noon at one place being midnight at the other um, yeah. on the opposite side of the world. And so the longest day at one point corresponds to the shortest day at the other. And midwinter at one point is um, contemporaneous with midsummer at the others. So it could play into the sky. Do you guys – do you get that? play into the sky. could also play into – we know midwinter. Well, December 31st is when Voldemort was born. And we also yeah. know that Harry was born midsummer. So, oh, that's very good. Yeah, July thirty first, and also um, it's actually five months apart. And on the cover of um, um, the American edition, they're like holding their hands up to the yeah. sky. Perhaps that's the kind. I mean, this is terrible, but perhaps it's a kind of you know half and half thing, night and day, as you were saying, sunset. Could be. It's awful. No, don't say that, Mike. It's clearly not. <laughs> what if there's something to do with? We know that they can't face each other with their wands, at least. And what if there's some time of year, like, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, the difference between night and day and the difference between um, certain days on other sides of the world. What if there's a certain time, a specific time when they can't? It's like on June 20th. And they get their June nineteenth stay well, over. Why, why all of a sudden would they be allowed to get drunk on together a Sunday, as one final that. night? You know, and then kill each other. The next well, no, day. I mean there seems to be a significance being put on the like the Earth and specific times of day. That I mean, at least that's what I'm getting from this. Like there seems to be a special significance being put on it, and I'm trying to figure out what's so special about it. Yeah, and if you look at the uh, the explanation. It says dramatic sunset of the, you know, it's sunset, and you look at the cover, and it's kind of like daylight and all sorts of stuff. Like, not only will Book 7, I guess, answer all the questions or a lot of the questions that we've been asking, but it seems to be focusing on the sky and all these other, you know, what would be seemingly random or seemingly extraneous kind of ideas, uh, like the sky and, and antipodes, like, you know, opposite ends of the earth. What exactly, you know, that it's pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that the sun setting on the right side of the uh, picture? Yeah. I didn't even really notice that until now. I mean, the, the sky is almost the same color as the the regular U.S. edition. So, I mean, we were in one of the previous shows. We were just talking about, well, what time of day was it? So, I guess if if the color of the sky sort of matches, I guess we can assume from both that they're both set in the evening. Except you're thinking, was... oh, maybe they're fighting all night, and then yeah. it was like a new day, like a new day. rising. So you know. Well, I was happy that Harry or that Hermione and Ron are with Harry in this new image. I was I was very happy with that, just because. Right. It was, well, it was, where you know, was in the timeline of events is this image placed? Because uh, we have. I think yeah, I agree with Ben. The very end. I think this is because this is, the end. is this before? Is this before or after Harry's battle with Voldemort? I don't know. I don't think it would be after. Yeah, I sort of think it's before too. I think they. I think they look too scared, especially Hermione, for it to be after. Yeah, their clothes are in tatters. Oh, it's weird because like Hermione's looking up at something in the sky. Harry's looking straight ahead, mm-hmm. and Ron's also looking straight ahead. It seems, um, but th- it almost looks like this is sometime around 
uh, when they're coming out of perhaps Gringotts. Because uh, they're wearing cloaks. Now, they don't match the same colors as the... Uh, what the as the UK right, color, yeah. Right, right. So... Well, you know, I almost wondered, when you look at the village below, are they anywhere near Godric's Hollow? Yeah, is hollow? that Godric's Hollow? Right, right. Could it be? Is a hollow... But I thought a hollow was like a clearing in trees or something, so I no, wasn't... No, 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 no. It's just a... It yeah. doesn't necessarily have to it's be... It's more than... It's just the name of their village mm. or neighborhood. Okay, yeah, but that's like, you know, that's like... Never mind. Well, I mean, if you go back just... to the whole Antipode thing, um, part of what it, it said there is that... Um, it's used in in Britain to refer to Australia and New Zealand as the inhabitants of these countries are sometimes referred to as Antipodeans. So, I mean, you could be in a completely different country in that shot right there. Because if that is indeed right. the dragon, that dragon only resides in Australia and New Zealand. So, Oh, really? Right. Right, but I, why would they be going Eric, to Australia? Eric, have you gotten a visit from Harry? Harry, Eric, this, Eric has you know, Eric has the last four trucks at his house. You know what? I see Alice's house in this house in this in this cover. Yeah, that's us. No, actually, those houses do resemble uh, some of the houses in Wellington that are built up on hills and stuff. So, I, I'm just saying, I'm feeling the love. I don't I don't know exactly what this means, but all of a sudden, New Zealand's in the in, you know in the focus as being the Antipodeans of of the I mean, UK, and suddenly I feel like I'm right there. Yeah, and I, I feel like I'm right there. I feel like it's special. This, this is quite um the thing about. This photo is the clouds. I mean, I I assume it isn't drawn to scale, but the clouds are very, very low, and so compared to like the village. Wait, are you talking about these? Yeah, the fog, yeah. The white. That's fog. Oh, is that fog? It's described in the press releases. Ah, okay. There's like a Ignore little waterfall over to the right. I didn't really notice that either. Oh yeah, I did. I mean, apart from that fog stuff um, that looks like cloud, um, it just looks like. The village doesn't look particularly important, and although didn't she describe Godric's Hollow as a very normal sort of sleepy village? You know that wasn't particularly exciting. It was just where they lived. Well, actually, guys, there's um, if you think about it, there's actually they're not above. At first, when I saw it, I thought they were above water, but they're actually flying above farmland. But there's a, a river. The, yeah. the the orangeness is kind of a river, so they're they're actually in um in between mountains. So they're they're flying through a valley, which would seem to fit as well with the opal eyes, um you know, origins as per Fantastic Beasts. So... Well, Jamie, yeah. Jamie, are there landscapes like this in the um, UK at all? I mean, are there mountains no, like this? No, no, no not with the villages beneath them. Okay, there but isn't. you guys can remember, it is a fantasy world, so if J.K. Rowling wants mountains to be yeah. beneath a, a mountain... Well, no, no, well, no, but J.K.R. has always been uh, accurate with, with things like, remember in the first book, when they, when they like took the trip. Yeah, when stuff. they took the trip down through England to... Yeah, and the, right, um, and Godric's and Hollow the, and the, Hogwarts the, do actually exist. Well, no, Hogwarts, <laughs> but I'm saying... Come on, she's saying, no, I'm saying as far as she being geographically a, correct, yes, she has creative license, but she actually puts... The borough in a small area outside a village. She actually plans this kind of stuff. When when the Railview Hotel is in Cokeworth, you can actually track the you know from from Surrey to you know in that direction. The landscape is the same. She's not going to put mountains in the middle of uh, in the middle of England if there aren't any. No, but that's just continuity, Eric. That isn't geography. It's continuity that she can't just say first they were driving down a road and then they were driving down you know. Um, a dirt track littered with volcanoes. It's just, it's just it's the, continuity. The but she's also be. made references to London. They've oh, she has, London. yeah, and, the, and um, the prime minister. They didn't make that up. That's not, you know, no, fantasy. but no, but she can say that the prime minister lives in, you know, Zimbabwe. 
Yeah, but it, it's, it's clear it's that the Harry Potter books are set in the United Kingdom outside of London. They go through King's Cross. King's Cross is real. I mean, there's tons of real life examples. Right, but there's tons of real references, but at the same time, if there is no Ottery St. Catchpole, is there? I doubt it. Well, I'm just saying she mm. wouldn't put mountains where there aren't any mountains. She wouldn't put, you know... She Unless this is him. in the magical world. I think that's what that's what we should yeah. be considering yeah. here. Because if this scene is not in the magical world, then yeah, it's probably in New Zealand. Wouldn't they, why well, wouldn't I mean, they be well, in the magical world? Well, that's the question. There is, no, there is no actual magical world, is there? I mean, the magical world is the muggle world. Unless it's on, there's well, no unless extra, locations that are unplottable. Uh, well, right. yeah. well, unless yeah. there's entire, you know, exactly. No, unless um, there's... Mountains, unpossible locations still exist in the um, in like the Muggle world. They still exist, but they they, they don't want to go there because, like they said, they resemble a broken down house. Or well, yeah, exactly. But but if you, she said that Hogwarts is you know if Muggles go there, it's a sign saying danger, don't enter, or something like that. But if they did enter and they walked past Harry, would they see each other? It's like I saw a film the other day, um, Silent Hill. And yeah. Has anyone seen that? Silent Hill's a great movie, Jamie. And in it, and in it, there, um, there are basically two different worlds: one in which this woman has to find a child, and one in which the woman's husband and a police officer are finding the woman. And you sort of see one scene where the woman is finding her um, child, and like there are all these monsters there, and the place is red with blood and stuff like that. And then the camera moves, and it's the police officer and the man in exactly the same place but it's a completely different world yeah and they can sense each other but they don't can't see each other so exactly. if say if we went into the bu- into the building that hogwarts is supposed to be and walked in and sort of looked around would you see would like could you bump into harry and stuff like that or not I don't well the difference so. is that you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to travel up the corridors or anything because the corridors wouldn't be there you actually wouldn't see hogwarts you would be and by that time you would remember that you left the oven on or you know or, you know the kettle on yeah. or something now, what and, about, you know you know so no but um, didn't, just didn't you know, you just to rolling? correct sorry ben no go ahead Eric. Okay, well, just just to correct about Silent Hill, there's actually, I mean, it was a great, it was a great movie. I liked it, and uh, a friend of mine got me then into the video games. There's actually like four or five different dimensions in Silent Hill, but the town, it's that idea of you know alternate kind of realities and what is real, what is not. Are they alive? Are they dead? And that's kind of Harry Potter related. Yeah, but also we we also got to remember that if this really is this dragon, the Antipodian opal eye, whatever you want to call it. Um, if it really is that type of dragon, Joe has specifically said that it's native to New Zealand and Australia. So, But does it only reside there? Is that what it says? It says the Opali is native of New Zealand, though it has been known to migrate to Australia. Right, but so yeah, that, that doesn't mean that you can't fly on it outside of there. Yeah, <laughs> no, but, but I mean, Charlie also works with dragons in Romania. And so they transport dragons know. around all the he time, I'm sure. Well, well, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Because what if you're talking about... Okay, also, okay, I have a question. Um, I don't know okay. if you guys really talk about this. Um, don't get mad at me if you did. But did, didn't did Hagrid say dragons can't – I mean, didn't J.K. Rowling said no matter what Hagrid thinks, dragons can't be tamed? So how exactly yeah, – well, well, they, can, they, 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 they can't something be tamed. Like they that. can't be tamed. So how exactly they're riding can, can still... one? So unless, unless it's like – the first thought that came to my mind is this Norbert again. Well, okay. It's the power yeah. of love. It's the power but, of love. Well, okay? yeah. Harry there are always can... exceptions, yeah. And, and for, yeah. Example, yeah. Like, for example, though – Manticores. For example, though, look into uh, – um, you know, they always My put. They always put. Uh, J.K. Rowling puts things into the movie. She makes sure certain certain things are into the movie. And 
um, the the plot line in in Sorcerer's Stone for Norbert was uh, significantly cut down, but at the same time it was left in there. And you have to wonder why they wouldn't remove mm-hmm. it at all unless that was significant later on. And to me, yeah, that's why it would make sense that that dragon could be Norbert. Although, do we know? Do we do we actually know? Do you actually think Mary Grand Prix went through Fantastic Beasts and where to find them to find the exact dragon and draw it based off that description, or do you think she was just? Drawing a dragon. Well, Going off forget, the book description. forget. I think she read the book actually, but that she was did my, read the book. Oh, I yeah. know, I know. But if the book said this, if it said it was this type of dragon, they. But do you think you think they actually lie. know? I mean, I, I guess it depends on how the story goes. Well, I think I would think if you're illustrating one of the most popular books in the world, you would do your research. No, that's not that's what I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying. That's what that's sure that there's a description in the book. Can they be talking about? Oh. Yeah, I can't wait to go ride the opal eye dragon or whatever. I mean, would they actually say that? Well, it could that? be significant. There'll be a description, right. though, Ben. She's not just going to say they hopped on a dragon. Of course, it'd be a say, the dragon was this color, blah, blah, blah. But well, I don't know. Even if it well, is, even overall, if it, the, okay, overall, even if it is from Australia and New Zealand, it doesn't mean that it couldn't go to Great Britain. I mean, what purpose would they have in Australia and New Zealand? It would take a long time. Yeah, well, well, no, Ben's, Ben's question is my question, too. It would be kind of weird for JKR to set a Harry Potter book outside of England at any yeah. time, or, or Europe, I should say. I mean, we've seen, you know, we've heard a bit of France, we've heard a bit of Bulgaria, we've even we've even heard of, you know, the American plumbers, etc. You, you know, there's kind of a, but but the books are set in, in England. This is well, I think English it goes book. back to what Laura was talking about earlier and sort of the whole only certain things can happen on certain days and, and maybe there's a connection with that symbol. Maybe that symbol its effect is sort of transporting them somewhere else. Does that make sense? I mean, this the symbol yeah, is tied in Yeah, I mean, I definitely somehow. agree. There, it's too coincidental. There is, yeah, I mean, the more we see, you know, of cover art coming out and, you know, the emphasis on times of day and the sky is really, really intriguing because you've got to consider that it's got to, it's got to play a huge role. I mean, they wouldn't be putting such an emphasis on it if it wasn't. What do you think about the UK edition? What do you mean, though? What do you mean? Hold on a sec. Explain what you mean. Well, there, I mean... You just see such a huge emphasis on the sky, like in um, in the in the U.S. cover, for instance. Harry and Voldemort are both reaching up towards the sky. They're both looking up towards the sky. In the U.K. version, you can see the same color from the sky through the archway on the cover. And here again, you see the same kind of colored sky, and they're all looking off into the but distance. That doesn't tell me that it's now with enormously significant. Yes, but then it does, though, because. Even with his description, he described it as, you know, he was talking about a sunset. And it just seems like that they are putting more of an emphasis on the sky than they ever did before. You never Perhaps really heard um, about that. Pathetic fallacy. Yeah. Well, not to mention, you always hear about in the books, you know, the blood red sky. There's always some sort of description of it. And it just seems like. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a description of the sky, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it relates to the plot. I, mean, I think it could, setting, though, because that, with this symbol tied could, together yeah, with this symbol and what it's so yeah, weird. If it, yeah. There was an email uh, today, I guess, uh, but that brought up an interesting quote from book one saying, well, look at the sky and look at what one of the centaurs said back in book one about Mars being bright tonight. And could that sort of redness be what's lighting up the sky? Red, red and Mars and pink and purple and Asia and well, Asia is blue, but well, you get I the think, point. I mean, no, no, no. And it seems like if anything was ever related to the sky, it would be book seven. 
but I just I just don't know what kind of reference it would be. I mean, we need to we, here we are presented with souls and and things like that that are very you know earthbound or spiritual, and now you know we're talking about the sky and how that relates to Harry Potter, and it's just it's an open ended question because we just I don't think we know enough. I mean, it's just it could be any could be anything, right? Yeah, and okay, quick question though, guys. Um, this is this is related to book seven, not necessarily the sky or anything on the cover, but. Something that really wasn't cleared up that I haven't really heard much discussion about was in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, towards the end, in the Department of Mysteries, when all of the, uh, all of the, um, the prophecies get smashed, we, we hear one prophecy. There's like an old man saying that the solstice will come anew, and there's a lady who says, and none will come after. And it's in an italicized font. Now, do you guys have any thoughts on what that is? I mean, I know... We talked about this. We, uh, no, I mean, we did talk I, about it a while back. We, we on talked the about the, how it, it could be the book, you know, because it was talking about um, book seven and, right. you know, and the summer salt. Actually, Micah didn't... The summer salt is on June 21st, though. Sorry? Not July. Oh, no, no, no. I know, but... but the summer solstice Micah, is June you had a theory, yeah. Uh, or the Phoenix. About um, it being somewhere near October or December. Something about that. Um, Just to completely put you put you on the spot. Here. Uh, I don't know. I think didn't she release the date on the winter solstice, or she yeah, released? Yes, she did. Something? That's it. Yeah, November twenty first, wasn't it? This no December. Right, but don't you think it's actually going to play a role in the series rather than? Um, don't you think it's going to play a role in the series rather than it being like a thing that happened in real life, like the book was announced on that day? Well, it doesn't have to. But, I mean, Laura, when you were talking about uh, specific dates and specific times of day, I just thought Halloween, you know, All Hallows' Eve, the one day of the year, all the souls can come back. It's just kind of that similar idea. I don't know. I just always found it somewhat interesting. I mean, and I think that there is an emphasis put on specific times of the year and what might be going on during those days. Because, for instance, in the prophecy, it talks about Harry being born as the seventh month dies. Well, if you think about Voldemort, he's born as the year dies, December 31st. So a lot of death and birth make, in life. Yeah. Yeah. But it does tend to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily in that order. Do you guys think the sun appears to be setting? I know Andrew brought this up before, but in the U.S. edition... It appears to be fully in the sky, so can we... It does? You don't think so? I mean, it, it well, appears to be completely I mean... lit. I mean, there's light, and yeah, a lot of it, whereas yeah. here, it's it, it almost looks like you're, it's take, this scene is taking place after what happened previously. Right, because the top of this guy is like a purplish-blue, right. whereas that covers could full, they, you know? Could yeah. they be returning to that sort of portal area that's on the UK edition? Do you think they're going Maybe. back yeah. to that? You know what this reminds me of? I don't know how many of you have seen the third Pirates of the Caribbean no. yet. Oh, God, Laura. You raved they... about it. You <laughs> raved about it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. It's, it's, it's just a, it's a bad topic amongst no, movie it's, casters. It's very, very cool. It's very, very cool. They have this thing where they're coming back from the world of the it, dead. Don't and Which they ripped oh, off of fine, every fine. single movie and... Oh, get so over what? it. Fine. But if you if you see... Well, I don't want to spoil it for Jamie, okay. but if you've seen the movie, you understand about sunrise and sunset. It's very cool. But anyway. Um, so, even if it is a dragon... Uh, well, it, it, it's a dragon. Is. So, no matter what Looks kind of dragon like it is, <laughs> what, what is the purpose of them flying on the dragon to begin with? 
getting away um, to wherever yo, they're going. Well, maybe they, they obviously, need some air. Obviously, it's moving. That's like saying, why are they in bed to sleep? We did get an email from uh, Sarah19 of Chicago. She says, read the comments. Sarah, if- that's such a beautiful name. <laughs> yeah, so reading the comments, I found a few things that people overlooked about the cover art for the Dux edition. First of all, the town below may be Hogsmeade or Godric's Hollow, but it could also be Little Hangleton or some other place of importance to Voldemort. But here's the more interesting part that I wanted to read in the first place. Secondly, why the dragon? The trio is of age. Why not apparate? My first guess would be that Hogwarts must be involved since you are not able to apparate to or from the castle. If this is so, then the village below could very well be Hogsmeade. Gringotts could also make sense since we know know it is high security location much like hogwarts well you know what that makes me think of doesn't the ministry have some sort of regulation on apparition um they also have regulations on dragons but it's it's you, yeah but if you steal a dragon they can't well, track nobody it. said that, that they're still or they anything can, well, I think I think that they you them with you guys ships. should think I don't about think okay. they're putting- you guys should think about the other uses of a dragon because I mean Harry could have okay Harry could use uh, what Buckbeak he could have used the, they could have all be flying on a hippogriff which would be a boring cover because we've already seen it but um, you know there are so many that ways Harry can cramp, travel huh? apparition Broomstick. broomsticks uh, hippogriff Sleep powder y- y- and once again. And once again, remember, J.K. Rowling doesn't put things into the series for no reason, and we continually hear about the 12 uses of dragon's blood, yet we don't know what the 12 uses are. Yeah, but guys, no, what I'm saying is there must be other benefits to have them on a dragon in the cover, okay? There, there must be other reasons that they're flying on a dragon. Maybe they need it for protection or defense on wherever they're going, wherever they're heading from. Um, what, the, the whatever dragons- it is, it's an important reason because Arthur Levine specifically asked Mary Grand Prix to put it on the cover. Just a little tidbit there. I mean, maybe he just thought it was a cool scene, granted, but... I don't, I don't mm, think it's a I scene. Think it I would think have it's to an That's funny. I'm not a shoulder Speaking to cry on. Speaking of which, all the Fallout Boy fans are like... Dying right now. Very, very unhappy with Why? me. Or the comment I made what? last week where I, where I said that their little band was stupid, but... It kind of seems like there's a lot of emphasis being placed on Hermione's cloak. Because it's the only one that's sticking up. And it's a, it's like you know, Harry's is being blown back. Yeah, <laughs> Harry's is being blown back. Ron's is being blown back. But Hermione's is just yeah. But up. she's she's also lying down. Is she? Yeah, look at her. Yes, yeah. I have my you brightness turned down. My yeah. eyes are killing me. But um, tattered. But still, tattered. but still, the cloak wouldn't be blowing up. I guess it is tattered. Uh, it just seems like there's extra emphasis. Whatever. They're, they're all just got out of something, and the dragon saved the day. Micah, any final thoughts? No, I mean, I think we did a pretty good job. I'm sure we'll get plenty of emails. Plenty of yeah. emails, more information will come. Um, maybe somebody, a certain someone, Micah, might uh, might acknowledge that we got it right away, the the Opali thing. You reckon? Yeah, J.K. Rowling. Yeah, maybe. Email us, please. All right, Jamie, you want to bring back a segment? You, uh... um, so, no, no, this is, this is one that I'm quite fond of. It's make... The connection where um, I give you Harry Potter and then something, and you have to lightning fast make a connection. Oh, I'd love to do that. Between it, start with um, Ben because I don't. I don't think Ben's done this. Hey, you haven't done this yet, Ben. Well, no, I'll start off with uh, Laura because she's done it before, so she knows. You know, okay. Yeah, putting it in. No, I've you, done it before. You have Ben. Yeah, you, you told me. You told me Harry Potter. And oh yeah, Braveheart. of course. That was, that was yeah, and you hadn't seen Braveheart, so you did a pretty good job. Okay, Ben, yours is um, now. 
you have to listen very carefully because this is a very specific one. Harry Potter and the banker from Deal or No Deal. Go. Oh my gosh. Um, they're both a little bit full of themselves. You know, Harry's, because <laughs> you see in book five, Harry is really upset that Ron gets made prefect and he's not. And the guy in Deal or No Deal is, you know, he's kind of an arrogant jerk. So they share a similar, they both have share similar qualities there. Um, they both, they both give away lots of money because Harry gives away money to Fred and George. And yeah, that's, that's all I can think that's of. That's pretty good. good. I like that. I like that. Okay, um, Laura. Yours mm-hmm. is the annoyance caused when your light bulb burns out just when you have to do something important. Come on, it's an easy one. I'm going easy on you. <laughs> um, oh, come on, Harry needs light to do his homework when he's the privet yeah, drive. No, he has his wand light. It's not really what? a connection. He has his wand light for them. Yeah, he has his wand light. Um, yeah, but he can't do magic inside of school. So <laughs> it's okay then. You really have to go to the bathroom while you're reading Harry Potter, but you can't because it's so intriguing that you just can't get up and go. So it's annoying. Yeah, yeah that, 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 I don't that's, know. That's, 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 that's acceptable. I liked it. Uh, have any of you guys ever read Harry yeah, Potter? No, in the pot? sorry, Mister. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, not. I mean, like the, the crapper, the John. Oh, of course, yeah. Not, 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 not the I keep, pot. Um, I like, keep all six books in pot. the toilet, <laughs> so I can just go in and pick one up. You, you have a shelf yeah, right yeah. next to you. No, I do. Oh, <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> I do. It's the perfect toilet reading. Wait, apart Jamie, from, like, I've seen you. I've, we've seen store. your awesome. bathroom. We've seen your loo. What, there, I haven't. You seen... have, yeah. Well, no, I've left that house now because I left uh, Durham. But uh, oh, my your home, home house. house yeah, I have, yeah, okay. I have it right. there now as well. Yeah. Um, okay, Micah, you ready for yours? Sure. Harry Potter and Freddy Krueger. Do you know who he is? I do know who he is. Well, uh, Harry seems to have a lot of nightmares um, throughout the entire series, and Freddy Krueger is well known for showing up in uh, people's dreams after they fall asleep and trying to kill them. Um, and uh, they're both big movie stars. <laughs> Sorry, I can't do anything. <laughs> no, that was that. really, really good. They're both they're both serial killers <laughs> too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and they both. Uh, okay, Andrew. Uh, that Jane, was good. Wait. Uh, Andrew, yours, yes. Sorry, sorry, it's Andrew's. Andrew, yours, huh? Okay. Andrew, yours is eBay. eBay. Well, you never know. Harry never knows what he's going to run into next uh, (laughs) in all of his adventures, and you never know what you're really going to find on eBay. And um, let's see what else. What's eBay's slogan? Uh, Something simple. I, I can't remember. Buy it, sell it, love it, isn't it? Or something, yeah, something like that. Like that. But uh, uh, eBay... Uh, that's my only connection. <laughs> <clears throat> a little disappointing, but I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you tried your best. For 20 hours, I'm tired. Um, okay, yeah. <laughs> that was a good uh, name that Jamie, uh, Jamie. made that connection. And if anyone has any, any ideas... For, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Eric. I'm sorry. I thought... Aren't you going? Oh, no, I'm you're going. I'm sorry. Do you want to... Um, okay, cool. Um, okay, fine. Your uh, name that connection is sorry, make that connection is Harry Potter and constitutional law and judicial policy making. Okay, well, Go. constitutional law and policy making has worked against Harry um, throughout his schooling, and he's had many run-ins with the law. Uh, and and it's just they 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 seem to make laws that do not fit anybody in Harry's situation who is actually 
you know, in need of getting stuff done and in need of, he, you know, he's breaking the law, but that just shows that the law is actually not um, as, as realistic for, for any kind of um, safety or upheaval of, of it. Harry is, I mean, look at Dolores Umbridge. She went through all the right channels, uh, to, or actually she didn't even, she even broke the law uh, to send the Dementors after Harry, but Harry was faced with the full penalties of the law uh, as a result of uh, just protecting himself. So yeah, the law and Harry don't really get along. And yeah, very good, very good. Okay, that was a very good mate like connection. Uh, I'm very impressed. Good thank job, you, Jamie. Thank you, ben. thank you, Ben. You too. Good work. Uh, we'll be back next week with that, hopefully. Jamie, you should determine a winner. Whoever makes the best connection okay. wins. You should determine. I thought that um, Eric, you put over a very good argument, but I thought that uh, you you sort of brought constitutional law and judicial policy making into Harry Potter in- instead of treating them ah. as two separate fields. No, that's that's good. That that's very sense. good analysis. Oh. Um, I I will try and refine myself um, for a future a future segment. Thank you, <laughs> Laura. Which one? Which one did you do again? Um, I did the annoyance of when a light bulb goes out and you have. Ah, oh, yes. Well, I thought yours is also also very 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 good. But again, I didn't think you treated them as two separate. Um, you know. Um, sort of instances and you kind of implied a causal connection between them when I don't think you can uh, well well okay okay J- um, Jamie, to, to be fair on Andrew I think that eBay has a little bit you know less to do with it's it's a lot easier to treat things as two separate entities when they actually don't have anything to do with each other I mean it, it, Freddy Krueger uh, well, yeah, is slightly well, different the, than, than Eric, the that feeling true, that your but... arm gets when it falls asleep with the oh, white yeah. stuff that collects on your mouth when you're when when you're cutting ben, mouth. Ben, I mean, what is, <laughs> Ben, which one? Me, you I did the deal or no deal guy. Um, okay, okay, Mikey, yours was um, yours was um, very Freddy good Kruger. as well. But yeah, I, I thought that Freddy Krueger was excellent because you sort of compared both people, um, and you, but then. Although I thought the nightmare reference was good, it was sort of it was sort of dragging it away from the actual two personas, so you uh, mixed it up a bit. Ben, you are the winner because I thought it was a very good um, reference in that you used both of them uh, separately and compared them on their personal character traits. And um, although it was a little crude, I think you referred to them both as jackasses. <laughs> I think that it was a good argument overall. And, um, I thought you put forward the case very respectively and. Uh, Argued, so, so argued it well. So, thank uh, you very much. Well Just to get this clear, Jamie, if if I you wanted us to compare two elements as separate, so for Freddy Krueger, could we say that you know in in the Nightmare on Elm Street series, Freddy Krueger was actually a janitor at the local school who was a pedophile, and they uh, the parents ganged together and and you know and burned him in the in the incinerator, and so he swore revenge on all their children. You don't their nightmares. That's that's this that's the story of you know behind Freddy. So would it be would, if I were to say that Harry and Freddy both you know ha- parents disapprove of both of them? Would that be like you know? <laughs> yes, that's that's more so because Not because if you say reason. that Harry has nightmares, you're you're dragging an aspect of Freddy's world into him and then comparing those two. It's like a it's like a fallacy. Whereas if you said that sort of um, because to make that connection, you'd have to say that you know Kruger has nightmares and so does Harry. If you see what I mean, because you, then you're actually physically comparing them. Whereas 
It's, it's a post hoc yes. fallacy. See, I was going to say straw man, but that's uh... okay. So I, I just think <laughs> right. it commends. You know, some of this stuff is is. I think that it should be a little bit more consistent with how difficult it is. Like to to do what you wanted with the Freddy Krueger reference, Micah would have actually had to know the story of you know Nightmare on Elm Street and face it. Who? Do, oh, who but that's just. But that's part of it, though. That's part of it. A good. Yeah. A was, good it was a close second. connection a maker close second. would um would um should you know should uh should be able to think on the spot. So if you said you know make a connection between Braveheart and and Harry Potter, you can automatically think, you know, well, Braveheart uh, is obviously a story about a brave heart, a brave man. Harry Potter is also clearly a, a brave heart because he he battles all these people. So that's your first reference. Okay, guys, I think we spent too much yeah. time on this. Yeah, I think, I think we've got it. <laughs> well, two weeks ago, we started a little segment called The Road to Deathly Hollows, where we'll be taking scholastics questions we'll be taking one of their questions each and every week and discussing them on the show because we are getting closer to the release of the seventh book this week the question is who will live and who will die um we're going to sort of run through a list here and uh see what everyone has to say and if we disagree we'll discuss it so the first one up the obvious candidate is harry live 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 absolutely You know, I've said a lot in the past that I think he will die. You can't change your mind. Don't even think about it. The more I look at the cover art, you know, the more, you know, clearly Harry and Voldemort are going to be in the final battle at the end of the book. And I know this is backtracking on everything I've ever said. And I still stand by the fact that if Harry died, it would be the best ending ever. However, apart from being the worst ending, I don't think Joe will kill Harry because. If it's Harry versus Voldemort in the final battle, it wouldn't make sense for Voldemort to actually win after the past seven years. Well, the, the Voldemort wouldn't have to win, though, would he? Couldn't Harry, like... He could kill himself, yeah. Well, the thing is, okay, I was, I was thinking this the other day. What's the definition of a hero? You know what? We actually yeah, have... like a hero. That's a good question. We've discussed that in Engle, in, in our English class, class. I can't even speak English. A few times. Oh, well. And it's... Like everyone has different opinions on it, so it's true. And because you have heroes, legends, myths, you know, saints, martyrs. What's the difference between a, a martyr and a hero? I always thought that a hero you can't, you can't. To be a hero, you obviously have to commit a selfless act, a completely selfless act. But I heard someone say that well, the only heroes are dead heroes. You no, know, I you disagree. Can't be with a hero that. and still okay, be alive. guys. Get no, actually, um. I'm reminded, I'm reminded of the Sandlot. Yeah, you I was seen just Sandlot? thinking of that, actually. When Babe Ruth comes back and says, heroes get remembered, but legends never die, Benny. And then he runs and jumps over the fence and saves them from the dog and gets the ball back from the dog. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, it's, it just Sorry. depends on your definition. And we've been, you know, said the entire time that he's a hero. So can, can he be alive and be a hero? I don't know. Well, I mean, Absolutely, you also have to yeah. consider that one person's hero is another person's villain. So. Just like one man's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. One man's yeah. freedom fighter. One man's, uh, or one man's trash is another person's treasure, blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, Hermione. That's true. Liv. Oh, Liv, definitely, yeah. Liv, yeah. yeah. She Liv. can't die just because she can't. <laughs> she actually <laughs> can't die, Hermione. Very logical argument. Um, Ron, he's a weak one in the tree. He has to die. He's got to die. He's got to die yeah. because of the whole. No, no I, don't I think, think he will. I, I think he's going to make it through. The world but I think... doesn't work like that. <laughs> like, Can you like... get off the tree? I think he's the most vulnerable the tree. Exactly. I think exactly. he's the most vulnerable, but I don't. I think he'll make it through. But you can't just be like that. Actually, he I don't is know. the most vulnerable. I, I'm half and half. I don't know. Hmm. Voldemort. Die. But I was like, is he going to die or is he actually going to discover that something is worse? No, than never. Death? He can't do that. He, it isn't, it's like, um, it's like, um, 
was I going to say about this? It's like I saw a TV series um, a while ago where where basically this one character throughout the entire thing um, acted in some way, and then and then throughout the in, the um, throughout the entire series. He the whole story was him trying to turn you know people thinking oh is he going to turn good and, and do something worthwhile and then in the end he does but then the final thing is him going back to how he was and I thought it was, it was a dreadful ending because you know when someone when the thing that people have been waiting for happens you can't try and be clever and think well it was just a phase and you know people are are who they are and people live the same lives and people people don't no change. I wasn't saying that he's going to repent I was saying that could it be that he discovers something is worse than death, like they take his magic away, or they, or Dementor sucks too, out his that's soul. That's too just, and it isn't a you know wars on a case of being just. It isn't like you know do unto him as as. as but don't, but wouldn't you agree that Harry Potter is going to be a? I think it's going to be a happily ever after story. No, it's not. Y- yes, it is. It is, but it isn't going going to abandon reality. Are you sure, Jamie? Are you sure? No, Are no. You- I mean. <laughs> ben, it, it is going to be a, a happily ever after novel because it, it, you know, it kind of has to be. But it, it can't be like they can't. Oh, damn, I've lost my train of thought. One sec. Um, yeah, it, it has to be a happily ever after novel, but it can't be one in which you know just justice and rightfulness happen. Yes, it's going to. The overall thing is going to be ju- yeah. justice and rightfulness, but pe- people can't get their comeuppance, and they can't show that crime doesn't pay because even though she's writing for children she's writing you know uh she's she's writing uh, that there's a war and wars don't follow the the same rules so you know taking the thing that voldemort loves most his power and his immortality and returning him to a human with no magical powers would be just because he's abused his his magical powers so it makes sense for him not to have any it 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 would be stupid it would be like a um you know a a plot thing that doesn't make sense because he has to die because that's just to me, what what ha- has to happen? Well, not to mention, what he fears the most is what he deserves, which is death. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because it, it, in his from his, in his perception, there is nothing worse than death. So why not give him? But what Laura, he does fears anyone deserve death? Does anyone? Well, yeah, but maybe maybe the fact that Dumbledore. Maybe the fact that Dumbledore keeps telling reminding him that there is something worse than death means that. Mm. Well, I think if, if Voldemort were turned into a muggle, and this is just my comment, if, Mo- if Voldemort were turned into a muggle, he would die from just not having a nose. Yes, he couldn't breathe. Now, uh, Hagrid. Hagrid, I think, is too lovable, too innocent to die. That's that'd be more reason and for, for Joe him to, to die. kill. For and Joe to kill. Naive. He's so <laughs> tough as well. He, he, he's so tough. He's kind of like me. Yeah, <laughs> Hagrid is yeah, like Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> Hagrid, Hagrid's gonna. When I read I Rubius Hagrid, I think Jamie Lawrence. Me too. Ja- I mean, I mean, Jamie. Maybe if you like, he's stacked. I'm stacked. Maybe if you, re- <laughs> maybe if you really like Chick Fil A, Ginny. Oh, who cares? Sorry, that was dreadful. But <laughs> oh, whoa, in the grand scheme whoa. Of things, what is know? up with that Ginny hatred? I, you know what? It's not Ginny hatred. It's just that she's she's. I saw Harry casting her off at the end of Half Plus Prince as a kind of. <laughs> Joe's way of saying, you know, yes, you are damn important, but yeah. you can't, you don't have a place in the final book. And she is important, but I've always seen her as a secondary character. And even though she got more important, obviously, with yeah. Harry's lustful behavior towards her, you know. Here's what I think, though. Kind of to continue on what Jamie was talking about, about her importance, I think the only way she be- she could become more important is if she died. No. Um, yeah. A lot of people were more significant. No, I'm saying that the only way Ginny could become more important as a character is if she died. Because we've already seen her progress to the point where 
we're not going to see any more character development from her. We know that she's, you know, gotten out of being shy. We know that she, that she's tough, and we people. know that she's not afraid to share her there's, feelings there's, with Harry. There's nothing more but in I this just, character unless they die. No, I just don't they, think that they, we. They can't serve the plot unless they die. No, I, I don't think so. Oh, that's, what Eric? That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right because this whole thing is like a scale. Yeah, but no, but wait. It's um, it's a, uh, it's like a, uh, a scale. You know, people. It's a dreadful thing to say, but wars are measured in terms of casualties as well as you know who who wins and and who loses. As and, and I should remember, you know, this isn't a great quote, but Stalin said, "One death is a tragedy, but a million deaths is a statistic." And it's a dreadful thing to say, and it isn't true. But in terms of some things, it, it is true. Whereas you know, in this war, there are people I understand who people have, have to, die to die to fulfill the 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 you know it it being a war, and um and there are some people you know. Secondary characters who have fulfilled their purpose, and what now you? you think you now, think Jenny's a goner? No, no, no. I think I wouldn't be surprised if she died. But people, and I probably shouldn't say this in case he plays a huge part in the next book or something. But Bill Weasley, after his wedding, I don't think we're going to see him again. I don't yeah. think he's as important. He's important yeah, enough to so you know the wedding is one part of it. But other than that, I don't see what he can do now. It's Harry's fight after all, and although he's going to have his very very close friends with him. Well, the Harry Potter books have this large, so many characters, so, so, so many characters that all have to have some kind of a hand in the war. I think, what's the point in, in, in having a man who's, you know, commander of the Navy if he doesn't command the Navy? What I'm saying is they don't need to die just to serve the plot. They can be in different positions in government and all have a say in what what exactly goes on. You know what I'm saying? They don't need to die just to yeah, serve the plot. Yeah, but some of them do I, have yeah, to oh, die. I understand. <laughs> Nobody's debating that. I'm saying you're saying that JK you're saying that Ginny's only purpose for the plot is is to die now because because she's char- developed as a character. No, I'm not saying but that. But she isn't a minor character. That's no, the thing. I'm she's not becoming saying like that, the fourth though. member of the trio, the quattro. Um, well, that's like <laughs> See what I'm saying is that if if we're going to see anything major from Ginny in the next book, it's going to be that she dies because what else could she do? Dumbledore told Harry <laughs> that he can't go it alone. And at the end of Half-Blood Prince, we see he tries to break up with Ginny or whatever you want to call it. But they're obviously still going to be together. And if he's fallen for her like it appears he has, her dying would be leaving it would absolutely devastate him. So I don't think I don't think she will die. I think she'll make it through along with Harry. Yeah. And we'll have lots of babies. I don't know. Well, we were just, Jamie and I were actually discussing at the live podcast in England that you know if if Ginny does die or Ginny is threatened by say Voldemort, that could be one of Harry's leading factors yeah. in, in like, wanting to kill like, Voldemort. Yeah, or, like I mean, he uses his motivation. Yeah, yeah, I think he already has. I mean, he killed a, killed his parents. Come on now, that should be enough right there. What I think I think what you mean is um, like there has to. Some crimes aren't premeditated, and although this is obviously, then uh, you know there are always things that can spark off su- one type of you know uh, emotion that then o- overpowers you and does it. Like in law, there's a there's a thing mens rea, which is uh, to be guilty of a crime, your mind has to be gu- guilty as well. So if you like, one defense is that I don't know what happened. Like I completely blacked insanity. out due to the anger and of the moment. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. It isn't insanity. It's just saying that that you weren't responsible for your own actions. It so, isn't a mental. Uh, so what if you were? What if you were drunk? No, that isn't an acceptable uh, defense. What if um, you were on? What if you were on acid? What if you're on shrooms? No, no, no. They aren't. That isn't it. It's it's like it's the 
criteria is that if a person, if a normal human being, oh, placed oh. in the same situation, oh, so you mean, you would mean they, it was a it. it was done in the spur of the moment, that type of thing? It's like yeah, it's like okay, I see what you mean. It's like if somebody if somebody raped your daughter, would any human being kill them, kill the person who, who did it? And if yes, then you aren't guilty of that crime because any normal human would be it. And and I've completely lost what we were talking about. But oh yeah, Ginny's thing, Ginny's thing. Yeah, if Harry. I mean, I would find it. Most people would find it very hard to kill, but and even even if your background, you're so you're so against someone, the actual act of killing, you know, as Dumbledore says, killing um killing is is harder than the innocent believe. And even if your background is is so bad, doing actually doing it could be a a lot lot more difficult. So you know, if he kills Ginny right in front of his eyes, he could be so angry that he can actually do what perhaps he couldn't do if he wasn't. You know, suitably enraged. So right. perhaps it could just be the uh, catalyst that sparks him off. And yeah, and also she's death. not just going to kill off characters that aren't going to affect Harry. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. there'd be no point. Yeah. That's a good. Mark point. Evans dies and he flies into a rage. Oh, so so she has to kill a bunch of characters that are all close to Harry. Look, she's already done her killing. Can she just get on with the fact he needs to go against Voldemort and all his friends are actually you know can, this isn't a book about death. J.K. has written and illustrated too many brilliant characters just to kill mm-hmm. them all off. Well, she said so herself. There, will be a large there are going to be more deaths. Well, Sorry. Yeah. Of course oh, there are going to be more deaths, us. but that doesn't mean that people just have to die for the sake of dying. Come on now. No. Well, yeah, but um, there would yeah, be no point in killing people if they weren't important to yeah. Harry. There's Right. Well, well not necessarily. Yes, not tons necessarily. Of reasons okay, to kill so how, how's Amelia Bones important, important to Harry? To Harry? We're Jeez, not talking that, about you know. mentioned deaths. We're talking about deaths that we're actually going to see or encounter or that Harry's going to have to deal with okay, emotionally. So let's, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's stop it at this point because we're at an hour and a half and obviously we can continue this Good next idea. week. Because, you know, this, I'm gonna is, play pool. this is way more than... <laughs> uh, I want to go to bed. This is way more than a... Jamie, I wish I were main, there. Uh, cool. this, is, this is a main discussion. Okay, so uh, we will wrap it up. We, we will leave it at that for today and we'll continue discussing who will live and who will die in uh, I, book seven next I, week on episode 95. Say, um, it's been playing on my mind for a while. Uh, well, for like the last 40 minutes. I'm, <laughs> I didn't actually mean what I was saying at the beginning about Sarah. I just I just do those rants for the sake of it, to be honest. So uh, I wasn't it was a joke. Angry people can't. It's a joke know, because I then I told you the I know, PS. But, I know, but I you know I I, uh, I feel guilty. So uh, I wasn't being, done very well. I wasn't being mean even before I heard the the PS. I was just joking. So please don't hate me. Okay, so Laura, let's remind everyone about the contact information before we wrap it up today. <laughs> That'll be PO Box thirty one fifty one, Cumming, Georgia three zero zero two eight. If you want to leave a voicemail question uh, for us, you can also dial the uh, MongoCast phone numbers. We have one two one eight twenty Magic. If you're in the United States, if you're in the UK, you can dial zero two zero eight one double four zero six double seven, and if you're in Australia, you can dial zero two eight double three five double six eight. You can also Skype the username MuggleCast. Just try to keep your message uh, under a minute long. You can also, you can also visit MuggleCast.com for a handy feedback form, where you can contact any one of us or just use our first name at Muggle.com. You missed out. You missed something out very important. If no, no. And eliminate as much background noise as possible. Oh, yeah, I'm done with that because most people do it anyway. Uh, yeah, so we'll try to get back to voicemail soon. There's just a lot of segments that we, you know, we're trying to do right now, and they often take up a lot of time. So, you know, you, you can don't forget about the community outlets: uh, MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, Frapper, Last FM, Fan Listening Forums. I think that is just about it for this week's show. Once again, I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Ben Shane. I'm Jamie Lawrence. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Laura Thompson. 
And I'm Mike Attenabout. We'll see everyone next week for episode 95. Wow. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Your attention, please. This message goes out to Miss J.K. Rowling. Don't let him beat you by. No. Not July, not July, not July. Don't let it beat July. Here we go. We are hearing this tonight. You're probably gonna start a fight. I know this can't be right. Hey, Rowling, come on. I loved you endlessly when the books were spread out freely. So now it's time to hear some of your most loyal fans. Wait a little more, it ain't no lie. I wanna see you delay that book. Don't let it be July. Don't wanna be a fool for you. And just another book in your series for clues. You may hate me, but it ain't no lie. Don't let it be July. Don't really wanna make it tough. I just wanna tell you that I've not had enough. It might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie. Don't let it be July. Alright, don't get it yet? Alright, let's break it down. This may be reminiscent of my muggle cast rap. Was my number one single. Now don't forget. Listen up, Joe. Baby, come on. I want this book a little later. And so does each and every fan that believes the book will be Once you've got more time. Don't let it beat your life. Don't want to be a fool for you. And just another book in your series for clues. You may hate me, but it ain't no lie. Don't let it beat your life. Don't really want to make it tough. I just want to tell you that I've not had enough. It might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie. Don't let it beat your life. Uh, you know what? Forget it. I'm giving up, I know for sure. I don't want to be the reason for next year no more. I'm checking out, I'm signing off. The fandom will be over and I've had enough. Joe, I I don't want to be a fool in this series for clues. So you know what? I'm leaving you, Joe, behind. Don't make it tough, please. Joe, please. Not to lie. Don't wanna be a fool for you. Just another player in your game for two. Book seven, please. July 2008. July 2008. Don't really wanna make it tough. I just wanna tell you that I've not had enough. Might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie. Don't let it be July. That's all the news for this... What's the date? I don't even know. It's a... It's a... Enough said. Oh, that's so American. I can't say that. Okay, go on then.
Okay, um... Oh no, I want to do something else. Um... Um... What do you want me to say? Enough said. Enough said, Andrew! Okay. No, that was good. Okay. Shut up! I know what I'm talking about! <laughs> Enough said, Andrew.